E-commerce expansion myths blasted. Successful cross-border expansion help. Listen to the show to hear how one UK company is helping e-commerce sellers successfully expand into Europe and double their profits. Hosted by Andy Hooper of Global E-commerce Experts. Welcome all to another Global E-commerce Experts podcast. Uh, welcome this session by Paul O'Connor, who's head of services at OptiSeller, um, one of eBay's leading partners for data optimization. Welcome, Paul. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Um, let's get straight in. Could you tell me a bit more about, tell me a bit about your experience? So, well, now, what got you to, to into to OptiSeller? How did you arrive where you are now? Yeah, so so the, the, a little bit of a dotted history of myself. I've been in sales and account management for 20 plus years. And back in 2008, I was working for Vodafone in Ireland. And uh, a headhunter came and knocked on the door and was quite interested in, in sort of getting me on board for a, what was a clandestine project uh, back then. And it turned out to be eBay. Um, so if we take our minds back to eBay in 2008, uh, we're very much a C2C platform. So I would buy from you and vice versa. And I suppose the B2C um, side of the sort of the platform hadn't really evolved um, and they were looking to try and bring retailers and brands onto the platform to heighten the consumer experience to sort of compete with Amazon which at that stage was starting to take a little bit of traction um, and to try and kick on in terms of their, their product offering and uh, drive additional revenue for, for eBay uh, in a new way. I like the word clandestine. That's probably the best way of using. Uh, that's probably the, the best way of explaining you've got a job short of being a spy. Yeah, it's. I, I try <laughs> to pick myself up whenever I can. So clandestine's a big word, so it works. Yeah, it does very much so. Yeah. So in 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 terms of uh, of, of sellers who are who are using the eBay platform in its yeah. most modern guise, more modern guys, what's the three step approach that it, when it comes to optimizing data? So I think if you're if you're looking at it from an existing merchant, there's two ways of looking at it: from a new merchant who's coming onto the platform, and then an existing merchant. They're both similar, but you have to look at them in a different way. So if you're if you're a new merchant coming onto the platform, you have to ensure that you have the right rich content in the first place. And um, so that's one element of it. You have to ensure that you're in the right category because that's fundamentally important in terms of conversion. Because you could be listing in a completely different category than you should be listing in. Therefore, you get lower conversion lower eyeballs, lower revenue, lower feedback, so you don't build up that incremental history in terms of feedback um, and an ongoing sort of uplift in terms of uh, impressions for eBay, which is fundamental to the algorithm. So you, you have to look at it that way. Uh, and I think there's, if you look at the categorization, then you have to ensure that aspects are correct or the product attributes, uh, you know, fundamentally. Uh, so that's really, really important because eBay puts a huge value on those across the board. So if we break that down into four different key criteria, they break it down as required, required soon, recommended and additional. And essentially, you're meant to have coverage across all four of those. If you're missing large portions of that, you're going to miss out on, on, on gaps in terms of data because you're going to get filtered out of search. So we have to ensure that that's fully um, in place uh, across the board. And then once that's in place, we then have to look at compliance of that uh, in terms of, our, you know, do you have the correct number of images? Do you have optimized titles of the 80 characters? Uh, do you have duplicate listings? You have to really work on those in terms of uh, ensuring that you're uh, compliant on the platform and that you have rich content that's going to convert at a higher rate than the competitor. It's really so important. Much about what you're not doing as well as what you are doing. Correct. Yeah, yeah. And I think the interesting bit as well is, you, is there's always now keeping up with the Joneses from eBay perspective. You're always looking at your competitors to try and, and see what they're doing, whether it's a sort of what we refer to as a technical and a tactical. The technical is obviously around the data optimization 
but you know, are they offering free shipping where you're not offering free shipping? Are they doing you know, bundle purchases? Are they doing retail promotions? Are they doing coupons? Are they doing, you know, buy two products, get 10% off? So you really have to work on ways to, to try and uh, give, give a better retail standard across the board because eBay does put a huge level of credence on that uh, currently because that's obviously the evolution of modern shopping, as we, as we all well know. And is that um, is that the analysis of the, of the competitors? That's not data that's that's analysed by OptiSeller. That needs still needs to be done by the seller. Well, interestingly, the seller can do it on a on a line by line item. So they can look look at eBay, log into a competitor listing, see the number of images they have in terms of eyeballs, look at the sort of the titles to see what they look like. Very specific. Look at the, the HTML descriptions, um, or indeed look at uh, the item specifics that are under the border on the description, and they can sort of get it a good guesstimate as to whether something is working or not working. Uh, but we actually can put a competitive dashboard report together for, for merchants uh, based on, on snapshot of information uh, should a merchant come to us and look for it. Uh, but we're very much focused on supporting the individual merchant on what they can do. And um, so we sort of diagnose, identify, and then sort of uh, enrich and provide data around that. So we're very focused across those uh, three key areas of, of, of supporting merchants on the platform. I think it's really interesting as well that for merchants that are coming on board and um, for the first time, if they get it done once correctly and right, put the time and effort into it, they generally don't have to go over unless they have multiple dumps of product a year. So if you're doing eBay correctly in the first instance, uh, you can actually save yourself a lot of time and effort if it's done properly in the first place. In terms of the replication on, on the net, next set of listings? Correct. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so use it as the insider knowing what this information looks like this data looks like from a seller's perspective yeah. what are the general rules that you think sellers should follow to put their products in front of uh, in front of buyers i think for, for ebay and um, you know it, it's very simple uh, and uh, to be honest with you it hasn't overly changed in sort of the whatever the 14 years or so that i've been involved in with, with ebay business sort of directly and indirectly and um, it's very much having a fully optimized title making sure that your keywords are rich and that they form product attributes, and that if you're looking at the item specifics, that you're very much have your required and required soon covered off. Less, less so the additional ones, which could be arbitrary, obscure item specifics that are you know very broad for eBay. But having the sort of what buyers are going to search for, and I think it's I think fundamentally as well, if you, if you're thinking about, uh, I think merchants sometimes go onto the platform thinking that they know the information that they need. But eBay works very differently, as does other platforms, there's nuances across them all. But I mean, if we were to look at eBay uh, as an example, I mean, if I was listing a gym bag, I could also list, you know, put it as a sports bag or a hold all. So, but if you're putting those keywords into your title or into your item specifics, you have a better chance of surfacing in search, you have a better chance of conversion. It's how do you get your eyeballs directly to your listing? Very similar to Google SEO to a certain extent. And that's so you're, you're really focused on that. Filters. Yeah, yeah. Correct, yeah. And, and so for a seller who's not currently on eBay, I mean, eBay's evolved hugely in the last yeah. five years or so yeah. um, and is now far more attractive to online marketplace sellers who previously hadn't been using eBay. Yeah. Um, in terms of the, the optimization for a seller that might have been selling on, say, Amazon. Yeah. Um, and they're now perhaps curious about a multi-marketplace approach, which is always something that global e-commerce yeah. experts promotes. As do we. How much? How much do things change? I mean, what? What? How does the optimization change between marketplaces when that the, the, they're already used to? 
Yes. So it's, I think it's interesting because the taxonomy changes for each of all of the marketplaces. So if you're looking at Amazon, you're looking at sort of A plus content and you're, you're, to a certain extent, you're looking at rich content, title, multiple images, reviews, um, trying to get the buy box to a certain extent. Uh, with eBay, it's not dissimilar. Uh, just the algo works in a different way. So with, for, for new merchants coming on board, it's, it's all the fundamentals, as we've just said, ensuring that you're in the right category. And an example that we could use is, um, you know, a chisel, which is a fairly nondescript product. For eBay, you could list that into DIY sort of uh, hand tools, uh, chisels. Um, and you would think that that's absolutely the correct uh, category to list in. It's not. The highest converting category is business, office, and industrial um, chisels and chisels and hand gouges. So uh, again, it's become a very specific. So that's where I suppose we show our value in being very specific, working with merchants, whether that's new merchants or to new merchants of the platform or existing merchants, to give them the very specific information based on our, our insight and analytics around the, the sort of the platform as to where they should be putting their listings, where they have the higher propensity to convert, where they're going to get the most value in the long term. And I think the interesting bit as well, what we try and do is we try and provide primary categories and secondary categories to give them an overall uplift across the board. So there are nuances across the board, but um, I think you know the data stands for itself. And the interesting bit that I would say as well from eBay, eBay probably holds merchants to the highest level of data across the board in terms of you don't need that sort of the level of details is required for eBay as you would for an Amazon for a certain extent. But having that data available to yourself is actually good because it's the fundamental platform for you to build your multi-channel approach on. And so therefore you can go to a mano-mano platform and, and have the same level of detail or an on-buy for that matter. And you can actually put in the product attributes, whether it's blade length for a chisel or handle type or grip or pack size, width, dimensions, weights, whatever it might be. And that you may not necessarily be asked for from from an Amazon perspective, but you may other if you want to go on the B and Q marketplace or whatever that might be. So it's setting yourself up for success, having the raw data data available, so that you can then supplement and implement that into other platforms as as you want. We've had a huge amount of interest on the B and Q platforms. You know, yeah. So that's uh, uh, that's that's come around. So I'm sure it's particularly that's going to be pretty cool. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's interesting that you know we talk about things like the chisels, for instance, and the different categories. That that's the kind of thing that you can't guess or even learn from experience. You either um, you either associate yourself with someone who has churned the data and can prove it from the data, or yeah. you don't know it ever. It's not something you can guess, is it? It's uh, no, no. It only absolutely. comes from it only comes from churning the data. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, in, in terms of churning the data, you know, if, you, if you're looking at a sort of a, a marketplace manager and their time, they're obviously tasked with sort of implementing their sort of their store onto a platform within a specific time frame. So they might have the, either the resource or time to go and actually manually review this information, but it's critical to success. So I, I think what we're finding is a lot of uh, merchants are actually coming to us looking to outsource their data optimization given as we're a specialist team that do that this is our bread and butter and uh, to ensure that they're set up for success as best they can be and um, because they just don't have the time to waste and as i said the data from, from an ebay perspective is fundamentally and um, stronger than than any other sort of any other marketplace that i've seen and um, so therefore you can sort of take pieces of that and put it into other marketplaces as and when you want to scale out which uh, you know as you said very at the top of the, at the, top of the call was marketplace growth and multi-channel approach is fundamental to anybody's sort of e-commerce strategy so it's having the building blocks and when the other end of that strategy is spending good money on ppc and optimization on the front end to to, to gain traffic 
yeah. you know, being able to optimize it on the other side. Um, uh, it feels it feels like you're only doing half the job if you don't do it. But but it's interesting as well from the eBay perspective. Lots of merchants just going straight into promoted listings and that that sort of PPC element of it. But if you're missing large swathes of your data from sort of uh, sort of technical perspective, you're once you turn off that promoted listings, you you, you might see that it's not going to kick on in terms of revenue as much as you thought it would do because you've actually left so much money on the table by not optimizing your data. So it's a fine balance for both, and um, we we promote both from an eBay perspective. But you know we all obviously err on the side of caution in terms of data optimization because that's imperative. If you don't have the right data, you don't have the right foundation, then you're trying to put sort of PPC and SEO on top of it. It can cause us challenges in the longer term. Mm. We talked uh, a little bit about um, uh, about how much eBay in particular had changed in the last five-ish years. What advice would you have to sellers on how they keep up with, you know, the changing consumer behaviours and the changing ways that consumers are shopping? Yeah, I think it's an interesting um, point. So I think from my side of it, I can see social shopping is very much taken a huge part of people's consideration. So they might not have the time to very specifically go and look on like an Amazon or an eBay, but they might be on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok. And um, so that sort of product shopping, direct product shopping is definitely going to, over the next number of years, become even more prevalent, I think, um, especially as machine learning and AI get stronger from the large platforms that they're going to know more about us and what we want before we even know it. Um, so that's something to be really mindful of. I think as well that this, one of the things that I've been thinking through in terms of trends is, is obviously we're going through a cost of living crisis at the moment. moment. Uh, obviously, Liz Trust today has become Prime Minister of the UK. Um, and everybody's wondering, waiting and wondering to see what's how that's going to happen, you know, before the rest of the year. But you know, the impact of the shopping, supply chain, um, so truck driving, deliveries, all of those things. Are people going to shop earlier before Christmas to try and get their goods? Is click, click and collect going to pick up a little bit more? I think they're the bits of the things that we're trying to think through as a company as people try and reduce their travel, obviously increase their online shopping. But how do they marry both of them together? Uh, and what retailers I think are going to come to the fore over the next couple of uh, months in advance of that, because obviously people are going to, aren't going to have the same access to products as they thought that they might have. I don't think. Mm. And, I don't know what your thoughts perhaps, are. And perhaps squeezed from you know certainly in the United Kingdom, um, you know, squeezed from a finance perspective with uh, from costs increasing. So you know, that, that certainly does change uh, the behaviour of how people might go about. Um, finding deals for instance yeah i, I, I think there's a short term yeah sorry if I'm across i think there's a short-term piece where we're trying to i think you're trying to figure that out i think we're trying to figure that out i think most sort of um, e-commerce managers and marketing directors are trying to figure that out but i think in the longer term there's going to be a sort of a more sustainable piece in the circular economy i think um you know even if you look at pretty little thing the last couple of uh, days announced their sort of their resale platform to help with sort of fast fashion or reduce the impact of fast fashion um, you're, you're definitely going to see that. You've seen it with eBay and their pre-loved um, marketing activity around Love Island in recent weeks and months. So there's, there's there's a shift towards that. I think people are going to be looking for more sustainable ways to purchase and acquire, particularly fashion products. I think there might be an element of uh, re-gifting around that as well to a certain extent, which is obviously going to push more people onto uh, marketplaces. And I also think as well, people are going to be more conscious around shipping and sustainability around shipping, which is something that we have to think through as well. So. There are a couple of trends that I think will be quite prevalent. Um, 
as a, a formerly a former clandestine now fast-tracked expert in optimization what what do sellers get wrong what, what are the what are the common mistakes that are made yeah i, I think the, they're trying to generally merchants are trying to fit their data to suit themselves as opposed to trying to suit the platform and um, so if we're taking that just some of the examples that we just talked through from an ebay perspective is they might have all the relevant data available say for a chisel or, or sort of a hammer or a hand tool or even it could be a PA fitment uh, product to a certain extent and um, that all the available information is there it's on a description template but they haven't taken the time to actually put that into ebay's values which are the item specifics or product attributes you can see it actually when you look at the the title you can scroll on the page you can see that the images you can see their retail offering and then below the fold you can see all of the 12 to 14 product descriptions uh, but none of them are implemented from an item specifics which is ebay's main part of their algorithm um, along with title so from our from us that's one of the big elements that we get that we see i know as being vastly incorrect and i think as i said as well as the categorization is is not uh, where it needs to be for certain products or at least they've they put them into into primary categories and not spent the time to uh, research if they should go into secondary categories and i think that's the big area that we see a lot of big missing gaps and to be frank we see it across major retailers and um, you know large existing um, providers that you know might have only 30 40 percent coverage across their required across their item specifics which obviously you know that that's a big gap of data it's a missing and that's obviously money on the table mm, mm. and and let's talk a little bit about predictions you know we marked the date of today's um podcast uh, recording with the news that Liz Truss has just been um, chosen as our next prime minister. Um, what are your predictions for the for for retail in the next few years? What kind of things do you think are going to happen? I think it's, it's going to be an interesting time. I think with Brexit, I think there's going to be a number of challenges from a UK perspective. I think there's I think there's going to be from a marketplace perspective, there's fundamentally going to be more of a shift to um, focus marketplaces. And um, so, as you can see. The likes of um, B&Q, as we just mentioned, becoming the B&Q marketplace, Mano Mano being very specifically a, a home and garden DIY and home improvement site. And that's been, buyers are, are gravitating towards because it's a shopping experience where they know that they're they're going to go directly to there and they're going to have less noise in terms of being proactively targeted and other products that they might have on their cookies. And um, so I think people are going to get a little, I think that's going to be more of a focus in the coming uh, years. As I mentioned, I think this sort of sustainability is going to be a huge element, especially as we look at sort of increased energy costs, fuel consumption, electricity, and nobody knows what's around the corner. But I think fundamentally, they're going to be the main uh, areas for, for growth. I think Click and Collect, from my perspective as well, it's sort of had a great jump start over, over the sort of the, the first couple of years when it came out. And sort of for certain retailers, it adds a huge amount of benefit because they're at significant scale. For others, less so, but I think that's probably going to become more prevalent and more, um, more focused in the next sort of twenty-four months or so, as people are looking to manage their time better, manage their costs better, and prioritise both as best they can, especially for families that are sort of in that squeeze middle a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, Paul, thanks uh, very much for giving us your insight. I mean, having spent some time. Um, talking to you guys on the team there and learning about OptiSeller, it's an incredibly powerful bit of kit to give you insight into what um, into what you can do to optimize your data and to, to need to do that. Uh, is there anything that you guys offer for sellers that can tr- want to try out your services but not you know ready to sign up to a subscription? 
Yeah, absolutely. We've just announced our taster plan, which is basically an opportunity for merchants to dip their toe in the water and, and give, give it a try. We have it's basically there's a couple of tools within that, a category lookup tool, which again sort of takes the pain out of trying to understand what category you should be listing in. We actually provide that tool for you in a free of charge, a suggester, and as well as a, part, a category suggester and a product suggester as well, and to understand how you can position your listings uh, and try and compete as best you can in the platform. So there is a free tool there currently available. Um, for subscribers to to log on, get access to the tool, and try and understand eBay a little bit. And our team are always on hand to sort of lend any support to our customer success team where possible to help you on your journey. That's, that goes without saying. Fantastic. I mean, there's so many e-commerce sellers are exposed to so many different tools and uh, bits and pieces they subscribe to, which uh, um, all have a benefit benefit in some from some perspective, I'm sure. But no doubt. There's always a pressure of what uh, what's eroding away at the margin from uh, from both sides. So um, it's always good to get the insight into the ones that really make a big difference. Um, and for OptiSeller, what, what's next? What's uh, what, what's on the horizon? So I, I think we're very clear in our strategy as a company. Um, we've had sort of explosive growth over the last sort of 24 months. Obviously, COVID's had a huge part in that. Obviously, you know, with people transitioning to online, thankfully, we've come out post-COVID and things are a little bit more normalized. Um, but we've seen major growth in, in Germany in, in the recent sort of 24 months or so. Uh, we've had a new team uh, in Australia as well, headed up by Jip Gandali, who's obviously ex-eBay as well. Um, and we're, we're really focused on supporting the platform directly there and our partners in the country. And I think, you know, for us, we've got a large portion of our merchants are based in the US as well. So we're looking to try and get deeper into, into the US market with, uh, you know, Craig McCallum, our CEO, heading to eBay Open in New York this month. I'm heading to eBay UK. UK, so and my, my colleague Stuart's heading to eBay Germany open this week. So we're really focused on on delivering for eBay and trying to support our merchants, listening to our community, building tools that they want, and building building data tools that are you know contributing to them on a daily basis, but providing value and insight around how to best succeed on the platform. That's core to us as a business. Paul O'Connor, head of services, Opticeller. Thanks very much for joining us. I uh, hope to speak to you again uh, on another podcast, perhaps. And thanks indeed if you're listening in. Uh, please do stay in touch if you want to find any more, any more about Opticeller or about global e-commerce experts. Thanks for Thank joining Thank you for your time, Ricky. I appreciate it. E-commerce expansion myths blasted. Successful cross-border expansion help. Listen to the show to hear how one UK company is helping e-commerce sellers successfully expand into Europe and double their profits. Hosted by Andy Hooper of Global E-commerce experts. E-commerce experts.